1 Timothy chapter 5 as, as Paul addresses to Timothy uh, what they are to do with widows. By the nature of, of life and, and, and how our culture functions, um, we don't always get the luxury of living close to our family now, right? I mean, some of you live next door to each other, and I love it. Paula laughed. Thank you, Paula. Right? Some of you live next door to one another, and, and it's awesome, right? But sometimes we don't have that luxury, do we? We don't, we don't have that luxury to live next door to our parents or next door to our kids or those things. Those are, those are, those are great things. For me, I um, have never had that luxury of living next to my parents, um, and, and I, um, mainly because God's called me to different parts of the world, and namely Texas, and my parents are West Texans through and through and plan on being West Texas until it's all said and done. And, um, and so, but my parents are getting older in age, and um, there's time. They need someone to take care of them. And, I, and I, my brother and I do our best. In fact, my brother um, just yesterday moved home to West Texas. So he's about 30, 40 minutes from my parents now. And so they're excited about that. He's excited about that, I think. Um, and so, <laughs> but there are times uh, that my brother and I can't get there quick enough, right? And so there was a time where both of my parents... Um, had COVID, and my dad was vomiting everywhere, and my mom was was sick as she could be, running fever, and um, they couldn't. They went to the hospital, which is literally like a mile from their house, and that hospital in their little tiny small town of El Dorado said, "We can't treat you here. You're going to have to drive to Sonora, which is 21 miles." And my dad called and was like, "I can't get there, son." I was like, "Okay." So I picked up the phone, as a pastor does, and I called their pastor. I said, hey, here's what's going on. And that pastor got in his car and he drove 21 miles and he picked up my parents. He took them to the hospital. And they admitted both of my parents and they took care of them and then he went and picked them up and drove them home. And I tell you that this morning because our text is going to deal with how we as a church function and our aim is simply this, as the church, we love and care for one another like family. As the church, we love and care for one another like family. My brother and I were both at minimum four hours away from my parents in that moment. It would have been four hours for me to get there. It would have been about four and a half to five for my brother to get there. But because my parents were plugged into a church, they were taken care of within an hour. And I'm thankful for that. And so church, we are called to do the same right here in Burleson, Texas. After the fact that pastor called me and we were talking, he goes, I said, man, I, 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 there is nothing, no words that I can say to express my thankfulness and gratitude towards you. And he said, hey, man, my mom lives in Mansfield, so the favor may come back one day. <laughs> I said, you got it, man. <laughs> Anytime. But Paul tells Timothy here in chapter 5, starting in verse 1, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him 
as you would a father. Younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers. And younger women as sisters in all purity. So what we've already known that Paul has said to Timothy is what? Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Paul is young. He's pastoring this church at Ephesus. He's young. But here's the interesting thing. What Paul does here to Timothy in in regards to the church and how he treats every aspect of the church is he says what? He uses terms of family, right? Older men, you treat them as fathers, Timothy. Don't rebuke them, but encourage them, right? Older women as mothers, family term. Younger men as brothers. Some of you may want to redefine how you treat your brother. I had a brother, I'm aware, right? I think he needs to redefine how he treats brothers. I was the baby, he was the older. He got away with a lot of things, okay? Let's just leave it at that. If you're watching this morning, you're right. I said it. So, here, and then he says, younger women as sisters in all purity. That you and Timothy, you are to look at the church as your family. That's how you are to treat them. And so our first point this morning is this, is that we are to love one another. Love one another. Look, Clint unpacked it for us awesome last week. That love is not simply a feeling. Love is not just something that we say. Rather, love is an action. It's something that we do. We put action behind it. And as the church, we are to love one another as family. Part of the reason that we call our business meetings now family meetings is because guess what? We are a family. And we're going to conduct business as a family. We're a family. And so we are to love one another. Well, how do we love one another? How do we put action behind it? Well, I'm going to give you some ways that we can love one another. My dad um, used to always tell me, I'm still trying to figure out why he told me this, but he used to always tell me, son, you have two ears and one mouth, and there's a reason. You need to listen twice as much as you talk. Like, Dad? It's mainly because I never stopped talking, and now I have an 11-year-old daughter, and she's a lot like me. Where are you? She's in here. I know she is. She's back there. She's a lot like me, and she talks and talks and talks. And then there's the four-year-old who outdoes everyone, right? But, but dad used to tell me that, son, you need to listen twice as much as you talk. Sometimes loving people and loving one another is just listening. Not giving advice, not throwing your two cents in, but just listening. Literally just listening to someone unpack what they got going on. They don't need you oftentimes to fix it. They just need you to listen. That's what it looks like to love one another sometimes. Is that you just listen. Look, a lot of times when we when we sit down to listen to somebody and they're venting and they're they're kind of just getting frustrated and blah, 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 we we tend to take that personal 
They're like, whoa, 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 you need time out. Whoa. I cannot believe you're saying that about, or I can't believe you're saying that about, or better yet, this is always fun. Whenever someone's venting about the church, can't believe you would say that about the church. I cannot believe you. Look, it's okay. It's okay to be frustrated. And sometimes when we just listen, we just listen. We don't try to fix anything. And that's what it looks like to love one another. So look, if there's somebody sitting next to you that needs to vent, let them vent. If there's someone in this room that you that just needs someone to talk to, go talk to them. It's that simple. Sometimes loving one another looks like we just listen to people. I love listening to people's hearts. Because if you listen long enough, their heart will come out. In the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of all their frustration, if you listen long enough, what you hear behind all of that frustration and all of those things that they're venting about, what you hear ultimately is their heart. But you got to listen long enough. And we struggle with that, don't we? Another way that we love one another is we serve one another. I, I'm, I've been beyond, beyond amazed walking into um, this place and being here for almost two years of, 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 of seeing how Oak Grove not only serves one another in this place, but also serves the community. And if there's a need thrown out there, y'all attack it, and I love it. It is incredible. But the way that we love one another is we serve one another. There is nothing greater because Paul's going to tell Paul's going to tell the church at Philippi what anybody know where I'm going with this? The church at Philippi is going to say in chapter two, "You're to do what." So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. And then he's going to go on and he's going to do this beautiful hymn and at the end of ch in, in chapter 2 where he says, this is what Christ did for you. He gave himself up for you. Church, we're to serve one another. If there's a need, meet it. Man, look, look. Every need doesn't need to come through our staff. Every need doesn't need to come through the office. You can see a need and meet the need. And no one ever has to know. We are to serve one another. That's what Paul's getting at when he says, hey, in order to love one another, you serve one another. Treat each other this way. As family. What does family do? They take care of one another. So we can listen to people. That's one way we love one another. We serve one another. Right? But also, listen, I'm giving you a third thing encourage one another oh man man I, let me tell you to, in today's culture in cancel culture whatever nonsense going on out there can we be different in here 
When we want to cancel everything out there, why don't we be different in here and encourage one another instead of tear one another down? Why don't we speak encouraging words to one another? Tell each other, hey, I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Clint today. I'm thankful for he and Mariah and for them being here. I'm thankful for Ricky and Katie and for what they bring to this place. Most of you see Clint was leading today. Ricky's sitting back there, and Ricky is here, but Ricky's been dealing with a headache for two weeks. And so Ricky's taking a break because we love him. And we, what we want for him is to be healthy. He didn't have to be here today. In fact, I told him he didn't have to be here today. But he's like, man, I really want to be here. I'm thankful for that. But I'm thankful that Clint can step in. Y'all don't want to hear me sing. I'm sorry. You just don't. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for Paula who consistently has been a presence in all of our students' lives, year after year after year. She's consistent in their lives. I don't know how huge that is, church. I'm thankful for Billy, all that he does for missions, all that he does to pour into and to, 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 to stay in contact with all of the missionaries that we do is a full-time job. I mean, Billy's always talking to somebody, always emailing somebody about something. I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for Christine. All that she does to pour into our kids and to step up this morning alone she had several people call in sick and so she's shifting and moving and doing all of those things and she's back there with our kids this morning and I'm grateful for that I'm grateful for Gina and Rochelle you don't know the amount of things that they do but they do an incredible amount and I am so grateful for them they run the show I just say yes ma'am <laughs> they are incredible and I'm grateful for them I'm grateful for Sean that dude y'all know it he's up here as much as anybody is because Sean's heart is the heart of a servant look we love one another by encouraging one another church that's what we do and when Paul says that we're to treat others, each other like family, encourage one another, serve one another, listen to one another. And then Paul's going to get to how do we treat widows. So let's jump in. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she, she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
believer. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying that they what they should not. So I, I, would, I would have younger widows marry, bear children, and manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. So Paul addresses this in three ways, okay? The first way is like, there's truly widows who have no one. There are widows within our own congregation who have no one, have no one to care for them to help them. And that's what Paul's getting at at the church of Ephesus. Hey, Timothy, there are some widows here that have no one. They have no family to care for them. Take care of them. That's our second point is that we are to care for one another. Look, there are, there are specific terms that, that are specific ramifications descriptions Paul uses right here where he says there are some widows within the congregation that have no one take care of them and then he's going to say there are some widows who you can enroll in the ministry of the church and here's the qualifications for them let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age okay the reason he says that is is like okay do we have to well listen their culture was this is that at 60 that was considered retirement age no longer working, right? Um, and so that's what Paul says. And having a reputation, okay, of good works, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. So those widows can be enrolled in the church to to actively pursue we're gonna the church is gonna take care of them but they are going to then work out the ministry of the church and they're gonna care for people but only if their life ultimately is a life of faithfulness you're to enroll them and to use them allow them to serve in the body of the church and then he's gonna address younger widows and Paul's ultimately going to say this to the younger widows. Hey, you need to remarry. You need to remarry. It, 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 that would be better for you than, than to be an idler and to be a busybody and to go about gossiping, right? How many of you were gossipers when you were younger? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, we got some hands that are being honest, right? <laughs> All of us to an extent have been a gossiper before. Right, We've said something we probably shouldn't have. But what Paul's getting at here is he's saying, hey, look, it is better for a younger woman to remarry, to, to, to raise a, a household, take care of her household, than it is for her to just be taken care of by the church and she gets to go do whatever she wants. That's what Paul's saying. 
because he's going to end with this. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. So for those that are widows, church, we are to do what? Care for them. We are to take care of them. Now, look, our culture, um, widows can be a lot of shape, form, fashion, right? We have widows who spouses have passed away. We have widowers in this church who their spouse has passed away. And if they don't have family to care for them, church, it's on us. End of story. It's on us. And we need to step up. But the reality is, we do have some widows in here that are not in a traditional sense a widow, but husbands have left. Spouses have left. Church, we need to care for them. We need to take care of them. We need to love them the way the church should love them. In Psalm 68, 5, it says this. I think they're going to throw it up on the screen. Father, he is a father to the fatherless and a protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. Like, God himself is a father to the fatherless and a protector of the widows. If that's a description of the one that we serve and the one that is worthy of it all, that it should be the description of his bride, the church. That should be who we are. That should be a description of who we are. And then he also says in James 1.27, it's going to say this, a religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Church, it is mandated that we love one another and care for one another as family so when Paul addresses the widows in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 5 in the church at Ephesus let us take mind that we have a responsibility and let's be faithful to it to take care of the widows and the orphans Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. God, I pray that um, as we move into this time of invitation, Father, that you, that only, that you would move as only you can, Father. We're grateful for um, your grace and your kindness in these moments and in these days. Father, pray that the church would be the church and that we would be faithful to taking care of the widows, that we would be faithful to loving one another as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Father, would we listen, would we serve, would we encourage one another when the world is doing none of those things? Father, would we be different and would we look different? And it is in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.